postmodern and post-Christian are both terms that the, the church seriously needs to retire. We're going to the world to tell them who we are, and we're not going to the world to present who God is. The world in which so much is focused on building walls and keeping people out. An alternative way to live is to live by... It's almost like raising up white flag and saying, Ah! It's all the secular people's fault that no one's listening or coming to our evangelistic campaign. How can we redesign Adventism to be effective at reaching emerging Western culture? That's what the Story Church Podcast is all about. Adventism Redesigned. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Marcus here and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Story Church Podcast. I'm super excited about this week's episode because in this week's episode, I am promoting my latest ebook, The Death and rebirth of the investigative judgment. But I'm going to do more than just promote, guys. I'm going to hopefully uh, give you something really meaningful to think about and wrestle with even if you don't get the book because that's the whole point. I want you to have something meaningful to think about. That's why I wrote the book. Um, And so that's what today's episode is about. Now, before I go there, I do want to take a moment to um, give a shout out to all the patrons who are currently supporting the Story Church Project. Uh, I don't think I've done a shout out in a little while, and I just want to take a moment to let you guys know how much I appreciate you for being patrons, because the truth is, um, as I've said in previous episodes, running the Story Church Project is something I really enjoy. Um, but it's not the only thing I do. You know, I do have three churches and I do have a family, so I don't have the time to be on here all the time. And I also don't have the money to expand it, to advertise, to promote all the time. And basically what patrons do is they make it possible for the project to improve, to evolve, to advance, to reach more people um, in a way where I'm not having to bust my head against the wall, so to speak. Uh, So thank you guys so much. You make it possible for me to get cool graphics done, um, work out new methods and uh, new resources and advertise as well, things that would be impossible if I didn't have you guys. Uh, And with that said, I want to give you all an update as well with the uh, Bible study series. Now, you guys have heard me talk about this Bible study series that I've designed to reach out and study the Bible with secular, more sort of unchurched, postmodern contacts. It's a Bible study set that I've designed and redesigned and redesigned over and over again for the last five years. And it's almost, it's pretty much done, guys. The content is pretty much done. And now it's at the stage where I've actually got a graphic designer who is compiling it all, making it really cool um, and putting it into book format so that it can be printed and you can actually buy it. This is not going to be an ebook. This is going to be a physical thing um, that you can actually buy and use in studying the Bible with friends, with contacts, etc. So right now it's in the development stage. However, here's a big giant however it costs a lot of money, guys. It's it's not cheap, you know. The designers gotta eat, you know, and um, printing costs and all that. It's it's not cheap, and so honestly, part of the reason why um, 
I've rolled this book out, The Death and Rebirth of the Investigative Judgment, is not only to add something that I believe is extremely valuable to the conversation of Adventism and secular outreach, etc., which I'll talk about a little bit more in a moment, um, but also because every single sale of this ebook makes that Bible study set way more likely to happen. Right now, I'm going to be honest with you guys, if it's just totally up to me, the Bible study set's never going to happen. It's It costs too much money to develop. But if you guys, you know, you get in there and you and you download this ebook and you tell your friends to download this ebook, don't just email it to them because then that doesn't help the, the <laughs> that doesn't help the funds come in for um, the Bible study set. But if you if you get it, you get your friends to get it, um, you guys then that all that money right it's it's going to go toward making sure that the bible study set is is available very soon so keep that in mind guys even if you're like hey you know I'm, i've read what you've had to say about this before and don't really need the ebook or i'm satisfied with what you had to say today don't really need the ebook just get it anyways just to help this bible study set come out all right it's absolutely amazing it goes through all 28 fundamental beliefs of the church it does it in a story format rather than a doctrinal um sort of like disconnected format everything's linked together it, it flows a story um and i've been using it for years with my secular contacts and I've always had an amazing experience and so have they, right? Um, and they tell me like, oh, I love this. I'm getting some questions answered. Stuff's making sense. So I'm telling you guys, I really want to get this thing out there. But please help me out. Um, you can donate to the Story Church Project as well. Um, if you want to find out how to do that, just send me a message. I'll tell you how to do it. Uh, or you can just get the ebook, get the ebook, or really any ebooks in my store, the storychurchproject.com slash store. Anyone or all of them, <laughs> uh, you get them, that's going to go toward making this Bible study set come out. So keep that in mind, guys. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Um, not just sitting here saying, hey, send me money to get the Bible study set. I've actually created meaningful content for you to consume and at the same time help me get this thing out there. So it's a win-win, guys. It's a win-win. All right. Um, also, before I dive in, I want to give a shout out to The Haystack because The Haystack is one of the sponsors of the Story Church podcast. Um, and they are absolutely amazing. They make some great content. If you're an Adventist millennial, especially you'll love the haystack so make sure you get to the haystack.org um, and check them out they're all about life culture and theology they make some great videos just really good content just check them out guys you absolutely won't regret it all right now i want to talk about this new ebook that has is, is rocking adventism at its core in a good way uh that's the title of today's podcast episode and this week's blog um and here's the thing, ever since I started re or sharing rather, ever since I started sharing this reframed approach to the Adventist doctrine of the investigative judgment, which is compiled in my latest ebook, right? The death and rebirth of the investigative judgment. Um, I've gotten emails from people who've been blown away by the content. And among those emails, the most shocking to me personally came from authors, Ty Gibson, who many of you know, and who referred to the content as engaging and illuminating. Um, and I was so blown away by that, that I actually wrote him back and said, can I put that on the cover of the ebook? Cause that's just <laughs> so cool. Um, and also Clifford Goldstein. I mean, that was, I got an email from Clifford Goldstein saying, we have to talk. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, you know, I grew up reading his books and uh, well, maybe not grew up reading them, but you know, I, I read them as a younger sort of student in university trying to figure things out. And um, his book, 1844 made simple, loved it. You know, so anyways, I get an email from him and, and, and he's, and he summarizes the whole thing as definitely worth reading. 
Um, and their positive feedback was only the beginning. There's, there's others as well. If you go to the storychurchproject.com where the book is currently being promoted, you'll see testimonials from many other people um, that have encountered, that have um, um, interacted with the content and have really just found it really amazing. Um, but here's the thing. As is the case with any book, there's still going to be some who are unsure if they should part ways with 10 hard-earned dollars um, to read what might end up being another giant theologically complex disappointment. Um, I don't know if you saw what I did there with the whole disappointment thing. But anyways, um, <laughs> let's move past that. It's a bit of a nerdy joke. But if, if you've been wondering, here's the thing, if you've been wondering whether you should get the ebook or not, this post is for you because what I want to do is I want to answer seven key questions that people want to know as they consider what I actually have to say. So I'm going to go through these seven questions, listen to them. And if in the end you're like, yeah, I want to get the ebook and help Pastor Marcus publish this super cool Bible study set, then boom, it's a win-win, right? But here, here are the seven questions. Question number one, what exactly is your ebook about? Ah, great question. So here's the thing. The ebook is built on three premises, right? Three very simple premises. The first is that the doctrine of the investigative judgment is dead in a practical sense. And what I mean by this is that even though we can defend it academically, most people in the pews could care less about it, especially millennials. It's either too complicated or it's pointless and irrelevant. And in addition, when it comes to secular mission, uh, the doctrine has zero relevance because it addresses questions unchurched people simply aren't asking. So in a practical Monday morning um, sense, the investigative judgment is, is dead, right? That, that's the first premise. The second premise is that the doctrine is dead not because it's flawed, but because we as a church have constrained it to an old framework that might have worked way back then, but doesn't work today. And what this means is that if we release the investigative judgment from the restraints we've put on it, the doctrine will evolve into something compelling and relevant that actually speaks life to the challenges of the contemporary age. So in short, we, we when it comes to this idea, and this, this is true of all doctrine, we have to identify more than is it true by answering the question, does it matter? And that's what this ebook is all about. It's all about, does it matter? What possible goodness does this whole concept add to my life, if any, right? So that's the second premise. The third premise of the book is that this reframe of the doctrine isn't simply a hobby of mine. I believe it's 100% necessary. And this is gonna become more clear as I answer other questions. But basically, if we don't reframe the doctrine, it's soon gonna become a theological relic valued only by Adventist academics and theology nerds. And in many ways, that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, so many people in the church already ignore it. And the reason is that it's just a pointless, complicated piece of work. And if we want to get people excited about it, we need to show why it matters in a way, and here's this is a huge key to the book, in a way that speaks beyond the collective us. And what I mean by that is in a way that speaks beyond Adventist identity and into the human experience. So this basically lays the foundation for what the whole ebook is about. Uh, question number two, what makes this ebook different from any other number of books we have had on this topic? And boy, have we had a whole bunch of them. So here's the thing. This ebook is entirely different. 
All other ebooks I've read on this topic tend to focus on responding to critics of the doctrine. And there's a lot of focus on Hebrew words, connections with Leviticus, timelines, charts, diagrams, and dizzying sanctuary metaphors, among a host of other things. Uh, and then there are books arguing for why the doctrine is compatible with grace and salvation and responding to those soteriological challenges. Um, basically, in short, most books we've written on this topic are reactionary or they're reacting to other Christians who are picking the doctrine apart. Not all, but most. Um, and so as a result, those books answer questions asked by religious people, but which are essentially meaningless to secular people and emerging post-religious generations, such as millennials and Zeds who don't share the same concerns as religious folks. So basically, the questions that we have asked and answered in previous works are not the questions millennials, Zeds, and, you know, postmoderns, etc. Um, whoops, sorry about that. Um, they're not the questions that those guys are asking at all. So in this book, I focus on why the doctrine matters from the angle of meaning, relevance, and the human experience. There are no charts no dates or diagrams in this book. There are no long, complex explorations of sanctuary metaphors or any of those other religio-centric arguments. This book is about meaning, and that's it. But at the same time, I would actually say that this book is way more gut-wrenching than any other book on this topic because this book deals with meaning and not mechanics. It dives into issues of social, humanitarian, and interpersonal justice. It deals with racism, sexism, colonialism, and the tragic impulse of control and coercion so prevalent in religious circles. So in short, this, in this ebook, we discovered a doctrine of the pre-advent judgment as something far greater than religious geocentric dogma, but rather a very human, practical, and experiential concept that can breathe new life into how we shape our faith and our churches. Um, so that's what makes <laughs> this book different from other books that have um, addressed this topic. Now, the next question is, why talk about this issue at all? Millennials don't really seem to, to care. They're not interested in the whole thing. So, so why even write about it, right? Um, and my answer to that question is, yeah, exactly. They don't care about it. They're not interested in this whole thing. However, at the same time, I find it really interesting that to this day, it's millennials who've responded to the advertisement of the book most. So in my social media analytics, it's the 18 to 35 range that has the highest hits in terms of clicks and interest. So it shows that while millennials don't care for the doctrine much, there's still some curiosity there. And it leads me to believe that the real issue isn't that they don't care for the doctrine, but that they don't care for the doctrine as it's been historically presented. And I think they're looking for something fresh and new. And, and that's what this ebook is all about. But to answer the question more directly, the fact that this doctrine has declined in popularity means that if we don't reframe it now, we're going to end up with a doctrine that's more of a relic, like still on our official documents as a church, but totally absent in people's hearts. But if we're going to rebirth the doctrine in a sense, we have to, and, and this is something I explore in the book, so if it sounds a little bit um, difficult to follow the book, explores it a little slower than what I'm doing here. But in a sense, what we have to do is we have to let the doctrine die and then let it be reborn on its own terms. And the problem is we're trying so hard to keep it alive by arguing for its validity using arguments no one finds valid except theology nerds. 
And maybe valid is not the right word. Maybe it's more like no one finds interesting, right? Except theology nerds. Um, but if we just let the doctrine, like we just leave it be, just let it grow, build on and transcend its historic and worn out frameworks, we're going to find what emerges is something infinitely beautiful that new generations can get behind with passion and purpose. And this is my experience, right? As I went through this journey, by the time I was done, I was like, wow, this is actually so exciting. Um, and so my hope is that pastors, leaders, Bible teachers, youth directors, etc., would read this book and accept its challenge to reframe the doctrine in ways that interact with the currency of the age instead of constraining it to the parameters discovered by our pioneers. We don't have to deny those historic parameters, but we do have to build beyond them. And so in short, we need to allow the doctrine to emerge anew. And I believe if we do, emerging generations will come to love it. Next question. <clears throat> you say that the ebook offers a new approach. What exactly does that mean? What makes it new? Another excellent question. So let me answer it this way. Um, first of all, I can't fully answer the question in this podcast because it would be so long <laughs> um, that it would just go on for a while. I mean, listen, I wrote a whole book on it, right? So you have to go to the book for the full picture. Um, but by offering a new approach, I want to make this really clear. I don't mean we abandon the old. And so some people worry about this, right? They see this young millennial pastor with this new approach and their heresy slash apostasy alarm bells go off. Um, but I think you'll find no such thing in this ebook. Instead, what I suggest is we need to take the good and valid raw materials our pioneers left for us and build something new from them. It's not about abandoning the old in the name of new, but adding to the legacy of the old by allowing its insights to guide us into the new. And this new approach um, also has to be faithful to the text, right? It has to be faithful to scripture. Uh, like I'm not interested in gimmicks where you twist the doctrine like a pretzel so that it fits into the spirit of the age, right? I'm mindful of the brilliant words of Anglican priest William Ralph Inge when he said that the church that marries the spirit of this age becomes a widow in the next, end quote. Um, so that's not really what I'm doing in this ebook. Instead, what I aim to do is to get out of the doctrine's way and allow it to speak to us. And so this means releasing it from the religiocentric chains we've bound it with and just set it free and let it do the talking. And so once I approached the doctrine this way, I found it became so meaningful. It honestly reframed my entire faith and priorities as a Christian, right? And I'm, and I'm working through that even now because it's so huge. Like I'm working through what that looks like and, and how to make it more like um, tangible in my everyday life. But in other words, the framing of the reframing rather of this of this doctrine for me wasn't simply doctrinal it was practical and that's the main focus of the ebook as a millennial i'm just sick and tired of endless ivory tower theological banter that means nothing nothing um in the real world that 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 tension then is what guides the entire book away from this armchair theology toward practical down-to-earth relevant an active engagement with um, life and, and the absurdity that comes with that. 
Now, the next question says, you focus a lot on secular postmodern outreach. So why publish an ebook on this topic? And man, do I love this question, right? I published an ebook on this topic precisely because I'm passionate about reaching the culture. And so there's this myth that I hear all the time in pastoral circles, that reaching secular people is about having a cool church with a hip band and round tables and fun, lighthearted theology. But it's nonsense, guys. People who espouse this view, and I don't like to judge, but I wonder if they really know secular folk. Because the truth is, secular people are not some flat, two-dimensional, cartoonish demographic that you can just reel in by adding a cool factor to your church. Secular people are beautifully complex, nuanced, and intelligent people who are na navigating life in ways churchy folk seldom understand. And in my experience, one of the things I found is that this light slash fun approach to church where we only ever preach about nice things and up the ante to make all of our services super exciting is interpreted by many secular people as cheesy. They, they see our message as a shallow attempt to airbrush the absurdity and complexity of life with romantic overtones that sound really good on Sabbath evening, but they're useless on Monday morning. And so my invitation to pastors and Adventists everywhere, especially those of the contemporary emerging milieu, which is where I belong, right? Like that's the space that I'm not a traditionalist at all. Um, but my invitation to all of us is don't settle for airbrushed theological constructs and flattened perceptions of secular people. Recognize and honor their complexity and brilliance. And in that light, nurture a theological and existential worldview that can actually contend with Monday morning, right? One that answers the deep gut-wrenching questions of suffering, political fragmentation, ecclesiastical injustice and ethics have something meaningful to say to people who have Dawkins, Foucault, Harris, and DeGrasse Tyson in their podcast queue, right? And to that end, one of my main contentions in this ebook is that a reframed approach to the doctrine of the pre-avent judgment provides just that. And this is necessary, absolutely necessary, if we wish to foster a community of faith that can actually add value and meaning to the cultures we inhabit. So reframing this doctrine to add one more thing um, before I go to the next question, it, it also calls us to reframe Adventism as a whole, not only on the level of message, but also in how our churches and ministries work. So if we take this reframe seriously and apply it to our local church structures, it completely reorients them from programs to people, from tradition to innovation, and from formal event organizers to active agents of change in the spaces we occupy. And we desperately need that change if we wish to ever be the kind of church that can speak meaningfully and effectively into the swirls of contemporary metamodern society. It's so important, guys. Um, now, let me jump on to the next question. In your honest opinion, do you think this reframe is the answer we need to get people excited about the investigative judgment again? Oh, here's my answer. Yes and no. I think it's more accurate to say that this is an answer or a answer. My main objective in this ebook is not to say, hey, everyone, I'm so smart and I figured it all out, right? Like, I have not figured it all out at all, and I'm not that smart either. Um, instead, my main objective is to get all of us thinking outside the box and developing a diversity of ways in which we can reframe the investigative judgment to speak meaningfully to the issues of the day. 
And so my reframe, the, what I offer in this ebook, is one potential option. But it's the trajectory of reframing that I'm most interested in. And I really, 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 really hope this ebook can get people thinking, exploring, and developing diverse, locally relevant approaches, not only to the investigative judgment, but to our entire doctrinal approach as a whole. All right, question number seven. This is more of a uh, what next question. This sounds cool. How can I get the ebook and what should I expect? Um, so we're going to close with this question. Um, apart from what I've mentioned content-wise that's in the book, here's what you can expect. The book is electronic format only. It's an ebook, which means you can download it straight to your phone and enjoy it right away. No shipping. <laughs> Um, now I know some people love a physical copy and if I could make that a thing, I would, I just don't have the time. It, it, it's a lot of work to make that happen. Um, but it's available as an ebook and when you download it, it comes in a zip file and it's got PDF version, iBook, you can open it in iBooks. There's an iBook file, there's an Amazon, uh, Kindle file, and there's a Google books file. So you can read it in multiple formats. Um, and secondly, the ebook is designed for group reading, right? So each chapter ends with a summary and group discussion. And this is really important for people who've interacted with what I have to say on these issues before, who are probably thinking, is it worth getting the ebook? Well, the ebook's actually designed so that you sit down with a group of people and work through it so that it actually becomes tangible and real in your life. Uh, and so if you have interacted with this similar content before uh, and, and you get this ebook, it's still super duper valuable because now all the content's in one easy to find location and it's designed to encourage discussion. Each chapter ends with a summary and questions that you can ask each other and wrestle with. And that's going to make the book and the content in the book way more meaningful than just sitting there reading it, putting it back in your shelf and moving on to the next item on your on your list, right? So that's really, really important. Um, now, that's what you can expect, guys. Um, I've already mentioned the, the different formats it comes in, so that's, um, you know, make it op different options so that you can read it in different ways. And sometimes reading it just in PDF is annoying because you can't bookmark and you can't highlight. Um, but what I do say, and you'll find this in the instructions when you download the ebook, is um, even if you just wanna read it in PDF, there is a free app, at least for Android, it's called Read Era. Um, and it's a free app and it lets you read PDFs and highlight and bookmark and all that. So just keep that in mind. But basically that's it guys. That is my, um, my promotion <laughs> for the book. And look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I want to sell the book. And again, I want to remind you guys, I want to sell the book because I want to build funds to get the study set finalized, designed, and in your hands. Uh, that is not going to be electronic format. That's going to be physical format. Um, and unless I sell enough copies of this ebook, uh, I won't have the funds to design that study set. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, keep that in mind as you share it. I uh, would love it. Every, everyone who hears this, um, go to thestorychurchproject.com. Just share the link. You know, Email it. Share it on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever. Let people know you, you got to get your hands on this. This is good stuff. Um, and uh, that would be really, really helpful in getting the study set designed as well. All right, guys, that is all I've got for now. I'm looking forward to catching up again with you guys next week for some other content. 
Um, but for now, thanks for hanging out at the Story Church podcast. I hope you've been inspired to redesign Adventism for mission. Take care and God bless. <music>